This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Today's episode will be covering how to pitch for a radio interview. And for that, I'm joined by Nick McClure. Welcome. Hi, Brooke. Nick is the exec producer of The Daily Briefing, a podcast that serves up the latest headlines each morning. Prior to that, she was the executive producer of many of Australia's award-winning and number one rating radio programs, including Kate Timamati on Nova and Kyle and Jackie O on Kiss FM. She's also won Best Show Producer at the Australian Commercial Radio Awards, which makes her the perfect person to give you an insight into exactly what radio producers want from PRs. So to start off, I'd love to give listeners an insight into the day of a radio producer. I think when anyone is pitching to a journalist or a producer, it really helps to understand the working environment of, of how that person goes about their day. So let's talk through an average day for, let's say, a breakfast producer from start to finish. Yeah. So I guess it's an early start. Um, and from the moment you wake up, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and, and you're on. So you're thinking about what the hottest stories are around for the day. Um, and so you're you, up early as well, aren't you? I mean, yeah. you're on air at 6am for brekkie. Correct. Yeah. So at the moment I get up for, at 2.30 for the podcast I'm producing. Which is but horrific. Most of my breakfast days was probably about like a 3.30 alarm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you hit the ground running, get into the office, and then I guess it's the balance between looking at what the hot stories are that have come in overnight, what you've already got planned, and through that then there'd be a process of, um, you know, a planning meeting, um, getting that sense of day of what's going on in the world. And that hour leading up to going on air, and whether that's a breakfast show or a drive show, is pretty hectic. So, um, and I think it's really important when, like in this chat today that, hopefully I can help you get an understanding of, you know, that day and the pace of day. And there's kind of these red zones, I think, where a producer is so incredibly busy, either pre or post show, that um, that it's not a great time to, yeah, to, to, contact to be reaching to, out. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long day and there are these intense pockets of time, you know, an hour before the show, an hour after the show. And generally, I guess – the best way to think about it is while the on-air talent are there in the building, a producer needs to give them 100% attention. So you're just probably not going to get the phone answered during that time, emails answered, you know, they'll be busy sort of in, in the planning process. Um, and how long do the hosts, the talent, tend to stick, stick around after the show? I, mean, I imagine everyone's quite different in how much, yeah. how involved they are with the with the pre-planning of the show. Yeah. Generally, do they kind of stick around for an hour, two hours or something? They hate it. <laughs> They like to come in, do their job and go. Absolutely. I think You're the right. post-show meetings, um, you know, the they some of them wear the carpet out, like with carpet burns <laughs> in how quickly they want to get out the door. It's not their favourite part of the day generally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's different. Like some might stick around for a few hours mm-hmm. um, and then some might just want to get straight out the door and, um, you know, rely on their EP to kind of do a lot of the planning. Yep. Something like, so, you know, with Kyle and Jack, um, Jackie was is, is heavily involved in the planning of the show, whereas Kyle he'll get out the door as soon as he can. It's about the execution in the show. That's right. But that works so beautifully for that show because you're getting his authentic reaction when he comes in the morning to see what's happened. Um, Whereas Jackie's a planner. So Jackie's probably more likely the one that's going to hear about your pitch, Mm. that it's going to be there with a whole lot of other inquiries or list of printouts that a producer's got to run by the announcer. Yep. 
Um, so, yeah, so it really depends on the show, I guess, on, on how long they stick around. I guess the other thing to keep in mind with a producer working a brekkie show is they're always juggling about eight balls in the air at any given time. So they're mm. super, super busy. And I think when we look at the relationship between PR and producers, I think timing is a really important one and also just getting into the mindset of a producer as to what would they be doing right now in their day? Yes. Where would their head be? Would it be right in show preparation or would it be in post-show reflection? Um, when am I going to you know, strike while the iron's hot? Yeah, when have absolutely. I got the best chance of getting their attention? Mm. Okay, and I think we'll get to timings in a bit. So like you said, I think that's a really important part of it. Um, how many people are usually in the production team? There's usually at least two producers and often can be quite yeah. a few more depending on how, how big that show is. Is that right? Yeah, so I think it's like in the metro markets, it's really grown. So what maybe started off as one producer looking after a show now generally you'd probably find there's an executive producer, a senior producer and potentially like, you know, a, a junior producer or the guest booking role has become quite big now. So yeah, and that's really important that. I think from a PR perspective to to know to know who the teams are made up of because if your pitch involves a guest then you'd probably go directly to that producer. Um, if it didn't and it was just about ideas, then you'd probably go to the EP. And do you, does the production team tend to flick things around quite easily? So if someone sent it to not the segment producer but to, let's say, the EP, do you kind of go, well, delete, you've sent it to the wrong person, you haven't done your research, or do you kind of flick it on and go, hey, mate, here, this one's for you, it came to me? I think of- generally there's a culture of passing it on yeah. because I think, um, yeah, like, you know, could be content is king. Yeah. And for a producer, like – you're you're churning out so much content every day and on the days where you might be tired or super busy and your creativity is feeling low, any opportunity to have something that is coming in that you're not sort of creating yourself and looking externally for is great. So I think producers um, and teams will look after each other in that sense and pass something on. Mm. And one of the things that I think is really important to do is to meet with someone in the in the radio producing team before you want to pitch anything. You know, find Absolutely. a time that is appropriate to them, meet them, have a chat, work out who the people are in the team, when they like to be contacted. Because every, you know, besides the difference between breakfast and afternoon and drive and morning shows, everyone kind of works, every individual works differently as well and they may appreciate a different kind of approach. Mm. So I think establishing that relationship also means you're probably more likely to click open that email when you've got 200 emails sitting there a day coming through. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think relationships are super important and and then you're not just reaching out to each other when you need something. Yes. There's, there's a, you know, there's a trust there, there's a relationship there. And I think if you approach a producer in, in the sense that you, you really kind of understand their day, I know you're super busy, I know you've got your hands full, but sometime in the next few weeks I'd love to buy you a coffee and pick your brain for half an hour um, and just let you know about some of my clients or some of the things we've got coming up on the horizon. And, and I think most producers would love that. Absolutely. Love to catch up outside of that pressure cooker environment and build that relationship. And, you know, I've had situations in the past where PR companies have come to me and said, hey, we've got we've got a great guest. They're available on Friday, but it's embargoed. I can't tell you who they are, but can we get them on the show? <laughs> Uh, and it's and yeah. I don't know who it is and no. I don't know I've never met the person before mm-hmm. who's pitching it so whereas if I had a relationship with them and they knew the show and they knew what we were after and I knew them and had developed you know a trusting relationship mm-hmm. 
I'd be far more likely to say, okay, I trust I'm going to pencil in a, a yep. spot for you. Yep. Um, whereas without any relationship and just sort of coming in cold like that, it's less likely to happen. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to forward planning each of the shows, because, you know, most of the time it's a it's a weekly show. And yep. so there's five episodes, you know, five shows a week that go to air. How far in advance are you planning some segments? And do you have a template? Okay. Each day or certain days a week we have certain segments and how much is left to spontaneity, like you mentioned in the morning when you come in and you kind of check the news and maybe something that flies up. So how do you split the the planning and flying by the seat of your pants? Again, it's kind of down to the individual show. So I've worked on um, both extremes. I've worked on, you know, producing a show like Kyle and Jackie O. I would have two weeks worth of content mapped out every single break. And when you talk about content, we're talking about interviews. You're talking about, I guess, funny things they chat about? How do you kind of yeah. break down what that content Phone looks like? Phone topics. Mm-hmm. There'd be benchmark segments. And by that, I mean sort of a regular segment that falls maybe on the same day each week or the same mm-hmm. time. Um, so it's really, I guess, filling, you know, they'd fill a couple of weeks of the, what we'd call evergreen content. So it's there ready to go. You know, they know it's really strong content. But however, if, some, if something came in in the news overnight, you would pull that out and replace that. So so that's one extreme, I guess, is um, a breakfast show that would have two weeks worth of content mapped out as a security measure, a safety net in case, you know, nothing happened in the news. And then you've got a show like Kate, Tim and Marty where they'll plan it on the day. So Kate and um, Marty will send in their stories in the morning, one o'clock, Tim and I would catch up and select the best stories, map out the show. And that was very much a structured template of a show. You know, the same same spots in the show, Marty would deliver his favourite story, the mm-hmm. same spots Kate would, very much a formula to that show. Um, so it very much was driven by what they were interested in versus – a PR saying, I've got something that's really interesting. I'm sure there may have been occasions yeah. where it may have been like an A-list celebrity or something mm-hmm. and you could make it tie into something your audience and, and the host were interested in, but it was yeah. very led by them. Very much led by them. Mm. So a show like that I think would be harder to penetrate with PR options for your clients, whereas maybe a breakfast show, yeah. I think that there's more flexibility and probably more of a need actually for content because you're talking about three hours um, versus what might be a one or two hour drive show. So um, back again to, you know, the, this generation of content is just, is you know, the number one struggle, I guess, for a producer is just generating fresh content. So if you can come in um, and help find a solution for that by offering up a great guest, a great concept, a great phone or idea, or even just collaborating on something, then mm. you're, you're really going to help them. And I think you touched on something that's really important for PRs to remember, and that's understanding the style and the tone of the show. There yeah. could be shows like a Kate Tim and Marty that don't necessarily take pitch things, or they don't do a lot of interviews, or another show does no interviews versus someone who is happy to take that kind of stuff so you need to be listening and you're listening across multiple days because there may be like you said a regular segment that happens on a thursday morning um there may be stuff that's split or they may change stuff so you need to have an understanding of how each show is put together who their target audience is Mm -hmm. what kind of content are they interested in they're interested in kind of that celebrity gossip or they like chatting about real things that the the average person can engage with and I think that's sometimes where lots of PRs can fall flat is yeah. they just pitch one idea to multiple stations and don't try and develop angles for that that might be specific. I think you're spot on. Uh, you know, I would say 95% of pitches I get aren't appropriate wow, for the show. that's a high percentage. 95%. And I think, yeah, it comes back to two things again. One is 
know who you're pitching to, mm. know the show, you know, and whether that's just once a month dipping into, you know, podcast, or, I mean, all radio shows podcast yeah. now. So you can do it at your own leisure. Yeah, you don't have to do it in the morning when you you're at work. You don't have to do no. it live. Yep. Um down to like, you know, listening to it um, when it's going to air. And then th- this goes back again to the relationships. So like there's no harm in asking a producer more questions about it. Who is your target audience? Yeah. Who are you designing this show for? I would be so impressed if someone reached out to me um, from a PR company and said, I want to get to know who your audience is. I want to get to know the show better. Can we have a coffee and can I pick your brain on that stuff? As opposed to getting receiving a pitch that's not, addressed to me personally dear sir um you know i've i've received pictures where it's sent to the ep that was you know two eps before me wow yeah um so yeah i think really getting to know Mm. who you're pitching to and that might even come down to things like um we spoke about benchmark segments before so for example um Kyle and Jack have this great segment called Who Do You Believe? And it's in the it's early in the morning. It's sometime, you know, between six and seven. And it involves them both having an item. One of them's imaginary, one of them's real, and they've got to convince a listener which is mm-hmm. real and which isn't. To me, great opportunity if you've got a product. Yeah. If you've got a fun product mm-hmm. to Pitch it to the producer, hey, like we're launching the new Javiana thongs or mm-hmm. whatever the item is, yep. brand new Cornetto's ice cream, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and having some fun with a product in that sense. So it might, you know, just because you don't have like a celebrity who yes. can sell the product or maybe you, you can't think of any other ideas on how to how to cut through, but something like that. So get to know these segments on mm. these shows so that um, you've just got a much better chance, I think, of yeah. grabbing the attention of the producer. Well, I did um, – I've got a great example of that for Kate Timamati from – I don't know. I think you may have been in Kyle at Jackie at the time. It was probably about six or seven years ago. They had um, Jacuzzi Friday, yeah. uh, that segment, and I did something similar. So I was working with Four Pines Beer and they had a new – beer came out so I think we sent one for Marty and then one to Tim and then I think we had some maybe some alcoholic ginger beer or something like that for Kate with just a little note saying hey guys um thought you might appreciate a coldie in jacuzzi Friday and that was it you know there wasn't a pitch of I've got someone to speak about it here are the key notes about it can you please talk about it in your show and they did yeah and that's really just understanding a show the culture of the show the segments within the show um what what makes those announcers tick, you know, I think it's just really knowing who you're pitching to. Because radio, they don't talk about a topic or let's say a product and say, oh, how amazing is this beer? It tastes of grapefruit and it's got, I mean, that's not, that's not what they do. So you have to find an organic way or an authentic way for that show to try and get it in in front of them. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And I guess, you know, you're competing with, um, with advertisers who pay top dollar to advertise their product on the show to get yeah, that description. That's a really good point. To, you know, so I guess it's how, how do you, what's the smart way of getting your product somehow mentioned on the show? And whether it's even, you know, just um, a phone topic that you've pitched in that's related to it and then reflecting it somehow on their social, sending the hashtags through to the producing team. And so when, you know, if the video goes up of whatever the segment was that they did, um, often that can just that can be a way of getting the company mentioned or the product mentioned because you know sometimes there is sensitivity around mentioning products on air when 
there might be a client, an existing client at that station who pays a lot of money mm-hmm. to already get their product mentioned. So yeah. it's about being clever and smart, I guess, and working out a way that you can work together with the show to talk about the product. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other things that PR should keep in mind when they do pitch for a radio interview. And I think let's go back to the time and the day of week that you pitch in because that obviously is, yeah. is, is so important. Yeah. So, for a breakfast show, obviously people aren't going to be pitching, you know, at 5 a.m. in the morning, but your show comes off air at 9 and then there's a bit of debriefing or so what, for the next hour or two hours are you kind of in a zone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could be, you know, some shows might record, pre-record some interviews because that guest is not available um, while the show's on live. So you might have a couple of guest recordings. The boss might want to meet with them to go through that day's show and give some feedback. Then there's planning the next day's show. So I would say like, you know, there's probably a buffer zone of one or two hours on the other end of a show, um, if it's a breakfast show, Mm -hmm. where the producer's just juggling those multiple balls in the air and it's just really, it's not well-timed. And, you know, know, one of the bugbears for me, I guess, is getting a call saying, hey, I'm working for blah, blah, Um, I'm going to send you a press release about something. I just wanted to let you know. And (laughs) so I've I've stopped down from my day. day. I don't really know what it is you're sending through Um, or it's something being sent through and then the phone ringing almost straight afterwards saying, hey, I've just sent you this. Mm. So I guess it's just about getting into that Understanding the mindset of a producer, um, thinking about what hours they work. So if they're a breakfast producer and they've been at work since 4 a.m., calling them at 5 p.m. is like it's not a great idea because that's that's their dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's um, yeah. that's like someone else's 8 p.m. Yeah. So I guess just, you know, having a think about where their head's at. Um, so around the – look, around that 11 a.m. is probably a safe great. time. But yeah. I mean – I would say that it's far better to email a radio producer than to call because, as we've talked about, there's content to think about. You may have to run it past the host and you may not get a chance to see them until after the next day. So that's, you know, another 18 hours away. Yeah. Um, And then you've got to think about how that may plot into other stuff. So my recommendation would be to email. um, Absolutely. But give yourself at least a couple of weeks' notice. If you're thinking about something don't try and pitch in for three days' time no. unless you've got an A-list celebrity that has not done interviews for 15 years and it's a compelling topic. I yeah. mean, you really need to give yourself some, Absolutely. some time. I'll give you an example. I've got some examples here and one comes to mind when you talk about that. So this one came through at three. This is when I was producing Kate Tim and Marty. So mm-hmm. we're on air from four to six. This came in at 3.55 p.m. And so basically it was uh, – I'm contacting you ahead of tonight's – I won't mention the TV show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to embarrass anyone. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there was an event on TV that night airing at 7.30 p.m. So this is 3.55. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've sent in some, some chocolate delivery. Um, can you let me know that you've received this okay? And, of course, if you consider the sample for any, like, coverage on the show, I'd love to know. For the show that day. So Yeah. So that just became really hard work for me because it's five minutes before the show. Yeah. I've got so many things that I'm focusing about. It's happening about tonight's TV. So our show's already planned. Mm. And then I need to get back to that person and tell them where the reception got the delivery. So so in those circumstances, and I have worked with you for a number of years, and I know you are a very fair person. You're not an arsehole. You get back to people. Yeah. In those circumstances, you just go, do you know what? I'm just going to make a mental note of that PR's name or that company and 
I'm going to be a little hesitant taking from stuff because I obviously don't understand it. Or do you put it down as just one person making a mistake? How do you file that away? Because obviously, I mean, also you've kept that email for a while as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, as an example of yeah. how not to do it. Yeah. I think for me, I think like it probably used to be an irritation for mm-hmm. me and then I changed my mindset a little and what I do is I actually get back to everybody who mm. emails me. I just park it to the side. I have a little folder that I've created in my email inbox and I park it to the side and then when I've got a moment in some downtime, I actually get back to that person and explain to them how they how it could have been done better. And I have to say, in the world of radio producing, I cannot think of a single other person that does that. So you are diamond. <laughs> Nick I think it's, well, you know, it's I think important. it's fair. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's really lovely of you to do it and to take the time to understand that people may just not have been taught very well in how yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like radio is a really, like it's quite a mysterious world and, you know, knowing what's going on, it's hard to know what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's just, it is an oversight, but I would just encourage anyone who's learning now to really like just get into the headspace of what you think it would be like working on a busy live show and, you know, a great time to to reach out. And going back to like the longer term planning, there are some shows that will do like a weekly planning meeting. Mm-hmm. So if you've got longer lead, that's great. So you can get your idea into them and the producer will take a pile of emails into that meeting and go, okay, we've got an opportunity here. This came through. What do we think about this? Is there anything we can do with it? So that's something to keep in mind. And then, you know, if it's something that's coming up in a couple of days, then I would just say, yeah, pick the timing of when you reach out to the producer. Um, but expecting something the day of, and like unless it's really big breaking, a guest, you know, opportunity which I don't think would happen in your world would it you're going to know in advance uh, who, you've, who your ambassadors yeah. are or who yeah, yeah. Yep. so um, look as much notice as possible is great because um, you know you might you might send through something that's a thought starter and it might spring to mind other ideas but that takes time mm-hmm. and you need time to think about it and then in a couple of those days time you think oh, actually hang on a second I've got a I've got a good hook for that one we can do that in three weeks time yeah. so I would be pitching Ideally, two to three weeks in advance yeah. of when you had ideally wanted something to go to air. Yeah. Because the other thing is, especially if you've got an exclusive, it takes time. You may pitch an interview to someone and you only want it on one breakfast radio station and you choose one that you think is the most appealing one to your demographic and it matches with their listeners. Yeah. And it may take a couple of days because you might have to then run that past the hosts um yep. you've got to think about how that's going to plan and then you come back and for whatever reason you're not interested in it and then you have to go to another to the radio next person station. so mm-hmm. you've just lost three days there so if, yeah. you're, if you're pitching in one week that means you're now on a monday and for something's on a friday so yeah. it's wednesday now now you're trying to pitch for the other you see you've lost time so mm. two to three weeks in advance would, yeah i think is it, as much as you yeah. should really be aiming for. And I guess the other thing to keep in mind on that is some shows like will have a set amount of um, guests per show. So yeah. uh, say for something like Kyle and Jack, I know it was too minimum for that show, but, you know, another breakfast show might say we don't do any more than two guests a day or one guest a day. So that guest could have been locked in two weeks ago. Yeah. So you're coming in with another one and it might be it might be great talent and it might be great opportunity, but it's just not going to work on that day because you've left it. And if late. you have um... – a brand ambassador who's a celebrity brand ambassador for some sunglasses or something like that and you only have them for eight hours on that Wednesday mm-hmm. and you've pitched them in the week prior and that slot's already gone, I mean, that's your that's your opportunity gone yep. there, you know. Yeah. So if you've got people for a set amount of time, you really should be planning even further in advance than yeah. that to maximise those opportunities. Yeah. 
Agreed. So when you do receive a pitch from a PR, what yeah. information do you want in that email? I think the most important thing is to keep it succinct because as I mentioned before, producers are time poor, like we're under the pump juggling eight balls in the air. So keep it pretty succinct. If you can kind of sell in what you, what you want to discuss in a few paragraphs, say like three paragraphs or bullet points, then you can attach, you know, put, put, put all the juicy information, the big, you know, the release, media release or attach mm-hmm. it, but don't kind of, because, you know, I've had times where I'll open up an email and there's just so much text there that I know I don't have time to read that. So I'm going to park it. I'm more likely to read it on the spot and on the run if it's just nice and succinct um, and it cuts through. So, yeah, so not too much text. I've got an example of a really good pitch here that I once received Mm -hmm. and it's just two paragraphs. That's it. And the opening line is just, hi, I hope you will. I'm just touching base, re two talent ideas coming up over the following few weeks. That's it. Two ideas, idea one, idea two. If you're Mm -hmm. interested, love to discuss further Here's my email and my Perfect. number. And the two ideas are really good. They've listened to the show. They get it. Um, they're really good ideas. So great ideas. And how much um, How much do you want a PR to craft an idea versus depending on the hosts and how that particular show works, do you guys want to craft how that may work? You know, if you know what I mean? I think it's, I think a, it's great to have a crack at it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be the most perfect idea, but I think it's really good to have a go because mm-hmm. it shows that you're f- firstly open to um, to doing something different. And the amount of, you know, pitch emails I've received that just say, um, hoping you can help us um, – here, let me find one here – uh, where I don't really know what I'm supposed to kind of do with the information I've sent. So, or, hey, there, we'd love for you to help us on our search for Australia's biggest Superman or Batman fan. But right. that's you're asking me to help you, but what are you what? doing for the show? Like yeah. what, are you, what are you doing for yeah. us? So I guess by asking the question, what's in it for them? Mm-hmm. What's in it for that show's listeners and what's in it for that show's host to engage them um so i i would say like as far as coming up with ideas just have a crack at it maybe suggest a a phone topic a poll um there's ways of kind of going around whether you've got a guest or not but having a go is is a great thing and it shows um initiative and if you listen to the show and you get the show then that's impressive i'll stop down and i'll read that email and that idea might not be the winning idea but it might spark another idea that comes off the back of that. So I would say if you can have a try, you're not going to be judged badly for it. It, A producer will be impressed by that. Mm. Okay. So when it comes to exclusivity for like a celebrity interview, how important is it to have an exclusive versus being one of a couple that are chatting to that celebrity? Does it just depend on the level of that celeb? I think it depends on the show. Mm -hmm. So Look, I know um, for the Kyle and Jackie O show that I worked on, you know, celebrity is a huge pillar of that show. It's a huge part of it. So for a show like that, it's probably far more important to have exclusivity than another show. But, you know, I guess if you've only got one interview to offer, knowing knowing your show, knowing the ratings, knowing who the demos are mm-hmm. and who's doing well, that area is obviously a really good start. Um, but then also, I guess, thinking about are there other ways around it? So if you were to say you wanted your guests to appear on more than one show, so do you give it to, say, the Kyle and Jackie O show first 
so that they get to play their interview out first. Because often it's, you know, for some shows, it's not just we want them exclusive, but it's just we want them first. Yeah. Because if we hear, um, you know, say talent that have come out of TV shows and you hear them do the rounds and they Uh turn up on every show, what's your point of difference? So sometimes even just having them first rather than Uh exclusive is a really good win anyway for a show. Sometimes I imagine they just want – maybe exclusivity through breakfast. So, yeah. you know, you can you can still go to the competing radio station for the afternoon show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But I would just be honest. I mean, I'm a big believer in not pitching out a celebrity to the two com- main competing breakfast shows at the same time and then just waiting to see who comes back to you first and bite with that one. There should be one radio station that is a better fit for your yeah. talent or for your brand or for whatever your key messages are yeah. even if it's just marginally better so yeah. choose the one that's marginally better and if they don't work then there's an excellent second one there but to pitch out that same person for the top two stations and then go with whoever goes first I mean from yeah. a radio producer's it's background I'd be really paid off yeah. if you came back and said I'd love to speak to them and you say well sorry now they're not available I'm going with the other station yeah it's not great for building the relationship you want to have that relationship that's full of trust and authenticity and even if you hear news that you don't want to hear I'd rather hear that up front that look we've only got one um and you know this is who we're offering it to this time around I think it's just yeah far better relationship wise because often you know that stuff can leak back to the announcer Mm -hmm. and the last thing you want is an on-air announcer who's got a grudge against (laughs) either your client or your your firm so Um, you know, sometimes that stuff does get around. So you, yeah. you want to be like really upfront and really honest. And so it's like with any journalist, whether a producer or a journalist, whoever they are, just be honest with them and, and deal with them in a respectful manner. Yeah. Because it's all about developing that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I feel like going back to, you know, responding to every single email pitch that I get is I just feel like it's the kind thing to do is to just get back with some honest feedback about you know, you timed that really badly or this is just so not what we do on this show. Like, you know, I really urge you to listen to the show more, have a listen to the shows and just get to know who you're pitching to. Mm. One thing we haven't touched on here, I just want to clarify for listeners that are quite new to the whole recording, there's pre-record and there's live. Yes. So can you give us a quick breakdown of that Um, and also maybe talk about the fact that you can pre-record during a live show, but it could just be during an ad break or something like that. Yeah. So I think, um, so most shows go live um, and then there will be other segments or opportunities that might even come down to availability that will be pre-recorded. So often that will happen in the interview space because um, yeah, of availability, but other segments can be pre-recorded that might um, be involve stunts or something a bit more gimmicky. And yes, things can be pre-recorded on the run. Um, uh, you know, I've worked on shows sometimes where the whole show is pre-recorded mm. to still give the listeners, you know, yeah. their, their the sense of f- that it's live. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, so it can be a combo of both. And hopefully, as a listener, you don't know the difference. Yeah, and, <laughs> if we're good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have a talent that is based interstate, yeah. Um, and they still want to do the interview and you can't get them into the state where the, the hosts are based or where that radio show is based, you could take them into that sister Nova station or Absolutely. whatever it is and yep. record it. So it sounds just as clear, yeah. but it's done in a different state. So yeah. that's definitely an option, isn't it? That's definitely an option. Mm. And, you know, I think things things have probably changed now, like over the last six months, um, that people might even be more lenient in doing a doing an interview over Zoom, mm. doing it over Skype, 
um, Skype can be really great sound quality. So I think listeners, like you said, because of the situation we're in, are more understanding of things mm. not being as perfect as perhaps a few years ago. It was yeah. like, well, if that doesn't sound perfect, then yeah. we don't want it to be a um, uh, an unpleasant listening experience for yeah. people as they're driving home from work or yeah. whatever it may be. And look, if the if the person's big enough, the talent will sometimes go to them. So if they're, yeah. if they're in town for eight hours and you've got them up at a, a hotel in the city, if it's big enough, then they yeah. will. And if they don't go themselves, they might send their entertainment reporter or somebody mm. to record the interview to get them on. So I think, again, going back to that relationship with the producer is just having those honest conversations about – this is a situation. This person's coming to town. They don't want to leave their hotel, mm-hmm. um, but I'd love to see if we can work together on something to get them on the show. So mm. what can we do? All right. So let's just do a quick recap of the things you should remember when pitching to a radio producer. What, what things should you be keeping in mind? I think um, create a little checklist for yourself. And, um, and these are the things that I'd have on. The first is think about put yourself in their shoes. So what's in it for them? not asking them to help you with your product or your project, but just really getting into the mindset of what, what's in it for them. Um, do a bit of the heavy lifting for them. Producers are really busy. So if you can come up with a few idea starters, that's great. And as I said, they don't have to be the perfect finished idea. Um, Personalise and tailor the pitch. So do your homework, make sure the story is relevant to that and suitable to that station. So listen, listen to the shows that you're pitching to. And I guess there's also that communication etiquette. So email, yes. Phone, maybe once you've agreed on something. Text, no. <laughs> Social media, no. Um, so, you know, and also don't send something and then tell me that you're going to call me straight away or just I'd say get your idea there, give some space. And how long would you like um, to be able to review something? 48 hours ideally? Yeah, I think 48 hours is great because Mm -hmm. you might have missed that opportunity for the producer to have their daily meeting with the talent for that day. So it might be another day, another, the next day that talent might say, I've got to race out the door. I've got a meeting. I can't, I can't go through these options today. So I think 48 hours is a really good starting point. And also make sure when you send your pitch, you're addressing it to the person you're sending it to rather than just generic because it's so obvious when you receive a pitch email that you know has gone to producer mm-hmm. on your competition, to all the shows. So use our name, reference maybe the last conversation we had or something, make it personal, build the relationship. Um, yeah, know your media. So listen to the shows. Um, and look, the other thing is know the station too because you might have something that's maybe a little bit more on the serious side so it wouldn't suit the drive or the breakfast show but it might be great to run in their news so it might just be a great little bit of information or a statistic that you can that the station might want to run in their news bulletin um product drops that's another thing we didn't get to before but just really quickly on that um what is a lovely gesture gesture can sometimes become a hindrance so just really again think about the timing of a product drop i know in the mind of like someone you might think the closer I deliver it to the time that they're on air or the, or they're going on air is going to be give me more of a chance to get it on. No, I don't think so. So I would say let the producer know in advance. Tell them that morning or the day before. I'd love to do a product drop of something. Like donuts or something yes. from a new donut What's a good thing? time to yeah. send it in? Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, like getting a, getting a call from the reception desk at 10 to or 5 to before the show's about to go to air is just it's, – it's the worst thing that can ever happen to a producer because you're really just – your main focus is the talent, the studio, getting the show up and running. So – I would say with product drops, you know, just, yeah, make sure 
you've thought about the timing so that the lovely gesture doesn't become a hindrance. Um, and also check if the show's on air because sometimes um, like I've had calls where the show's been off on a break for a week or two and things have arrived at the station and the receptionist has called me and, yeah, you know, the show's point. not on air. So yeah. keep an eye on that stuff as well. Timing is the big one. I think timing and relationships. So on that checklist, check the timing. What would the producer be doing right now? Um, and then building building the relationship. So not just when you need something and making sure your contacts are up to date. But, mm-hmm. yeah, call someone for that coffee because yes. I think if you give them lots of notice and you do it in the downtime, it's going to really help both of you. And there will probably be days of the week that are a little bit easier for them. They will say, right, well, Thursday afternoons, for whatever reason, are really great because we pre-record most of our stuff for a Friday. Exactly, and yeah. they've got an extra 30 minutes up their sleeve. And But go to them. Don't ask them to come to you. Make sure you go to wherever their radio station is so they just have to literally come down, spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes with you, and then go back up. Don't make it difficult for them. Make it easy for them. Yeah. One thing we haven't talked about just before we wrap up is um, are there certain things you can't talk about on radio? So you, I don't think you can talk about alcohol. No. Yeah, there's some codes of practice um, and so, you know, gambling, um, cigarettes and alcohol, there's, mm-hmm. you know, high levels of sensitivity around that. So that would be something um, that would, yeah, it would be really difficult to get across the line, mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. Okay. So again, just have a chat with the producer and say, look, this yeah. is what I've got. These are a couple of ideas. I don't know whether these would work or whether you can actually do anything with them. And if these don't work, is there any other way you think this this is a better fit in for? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know how that Jacuzzi Friday one got over the line I guess they weren't talking about it yeah Um, well I I think you know you can advertise products and um you know like an alcohol company can sponsor Mm. a segment or the show it's just more around the talking about being under the influence of alcohol um talking about smoking a cigarette talking about um I'm gonna you know place a bet on this horse or this team or this game I think you should do it too so that makes sense yeah um that has been brilliant I think we've given a, a really solid insight to anyone in PR who's about to start pitching or has even started pitching to radio producers perhaps is not going about it in the best way. So thank you so much for your time today. You're so welcome. <laughs> I really enjoyed the chat. And there's more topics dedicated to pitching to journalists in print and online and broadcast coming out in the next few months. So do keep an eye out for those. Thanks for listening to the PR pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.